Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a couple crazy revenge stories against some cheaters. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is caught in the act. I'm a 28-year-old woman and I lived with my 31-year-old boyfriend of 3 years until 1 year ago. His name is Luke and he works as an engineer. We met when I was 21 and working 3 jobs and he was 24 and new to the city. We didn't get along right away because he hated my guts and I hated the fact that he came to the bar I waitressed at every night, only ordering one drink and sitting in the far corner like some lonely loser. I was quite the witch to him, but somehow I never missed being his server until he stopped coming to the bar for a few months. When he came back, I made the first move to ask him for his number. We hit it off and were friends for about two years before he asked me to be his girlfriend. Our relationship was my first serious one, and I was so ridiculously happy with Luke. Seeing as I was a student while I worked three jobs and he had much of a better income, Luke suggested helping me financially. I refused because I was brought up in a household full of hardship and had to work for my independence. Giving up my jobs would mean that I was at the mercy of someone. It was a long fight before I had finally quit two of my jobs, keeping the one that paid more. Luke was amazing for the first year we were together. He always opened my doors and insisted I spend weekends at his house so that he could cook for me and baby me. During my final exams, he made a little nook in his study for me, drove me to and from college and did everything to make sure I wasn't super stressed about my exams. He seemed too good to be true, and I tried my hardest to match his level of sweetness, but being poorer than him meant that I didn't have many options. Most of my problems could be solved with money, his, not so much. So I did my best to bend over backward for him in other ways, emotionally, physically, doing the absolute most for him in the kitchen and the bedroom, while being his emotional support animal. After our first year together, it just made sense to move in with him. I mean, he had a huge space that was much larger than my dingy apartment. His kitchen was the size of my entire apartment, and I basically stayed there nearly every weekend. My friends advised me against it, suggesting that I waited until he at least proposed. But I was young, in love, and didn't give a crap about anything that they said. The first few months staying together were the best, because it felt like a new kind of intimacy. We hooked up a lot, were together, and slept in whenever we could make out time too. I felt so much closer to him than before, and our relationship was so much more fun. While being in a healthy, happy relationship comes extra pounds. I didn't know if this happens to everyone, but it happened to me. I went from a size 10 to a size 12 in about 3 months. I didn't notice much until one morning, Luke asked me to join him on a jog. I didn't think much of it but refused because I had to work early that day. He kept asking me for about a week and I kept declining because I either didn't have the time or the energy. 
After nearly two weeks of him constantly asking every single J, I jokingly asked why, and he blew up, saying how much he liked petite women and that I was making myself become less attractive to him. It was shocking to hear from the man that was supposed to be my boyfriend, and I was so stunned I didn't have any reaction until hours later. It was weird because I'd never been skinny, at least I didn't think of a size 10 as skinny, and I was also about 5 feet 7 inches tall, which I always thought was pretty tall for a girl. I gave Luke the silent treatment for an entire week before he apologized, sending me flowers at my workplace nearly every day, buying me a ton of expensive things, and basically trying to use material things to get me to speak to him. When he explained himself, he said that he didn't mean to say that he liked petite girls, because I obviously had never been petite, but it got me thinking whether he even liked me at all, or if I was ever his type in the first place. The thought of being unattractive to my boyfriend of almost two years was unthinkable to me, and I immediately put my entire life into losing weight. Now, I wish that I could have told myself at that time that I looked fine and healthy, not overweight. I put so much effort into counting my calories and going for jogs every morning and evening. As I shed the weight, Luke became more affectionate to me and it was like the beginning of the relationship all over again. I was thriving in the attention and nothing else mattered. My family and friends were concerned, but I assured them that I was healthy and there was no need to be worried about me. It was obviously a lie because I'd started getting dizzy a lot, having constant headaches and dropped down to 130 pounds in the span of a few months. I still cooked and cleaned and presented myself to Luke for hooking up every other day while still having a whole job. I could only fake having my life together for so long before I passed out at work one day and had to be taken to the ER. I found out that I was two months pregnant and was also diagnosed with anorexia. The doctors insisted that I got treatment for my illness and, while I was in the process, I lost the pregnancy. While going through all this, Luke was away for a work thing for nearly three months. And with the time zones, we barely even got to speak to each other. I went through all of it alone, and by the time he returned, I thought I would get a lot of love and attention from him. Instead, I got a cold shoulder and silent treatment. He refused to sleep in the same bed as me, eat anything I cooked, and always mentioned that I looked like a corpse and he didn't want to catch what I had. My recovery was really hard because Luke became very toxic and emotionally abusive, sometimes going as far as saying that I killed the baby that we were supposed to have together. Fortunately, my friend stepped in and helped me through it, and one step at a time, and lots of therapy sessions later, I started to heal from the eating disorder and the loss of my child. Luke and I were barely speaking, but I held on and tried my best to make it work. When I started to look healthier, his affection for me resurfaced and we were really good again. However, I couldn't help but wonder what he was up to during the time that we weren't sleeping together because I was too sick. There was no way he was staying celibate because he was such a sexual person and he needed to lay like he needed to breathe, forgive my French. I went down the overthinking train and before long, I was snooping around, noting his patterns, and one time, I followed him to work just to see if he would go see someone else. I finally caught him when he went out of town for work in a hotel that was about an hour away from where we lived. I wasn't as devastated as I expected to be, although I did cry in the car a little, just before going to the hotel and getting another room just two doors down from Luke's. I closely monitored them until the week ended and I got a call from him letting me know that he was on his way back from work. 
I lied and said that I was away at my mother's place for the day. Immediately I noticed that he had left the hotel. I went straight to his new girl's room. I didn't want to fight. I just wanted to make sure that she knew who Luke was and what she was getting into. I knocked on her hotel room door, pretending to be room service, and when I got in, I basically laid out the progression of my relationship with Luke to her. Turns out she, we'll call her May, had a no idea that Luke was in a relationship with me, and they had been together for about a year. I did the calculations and they got together around the time that I had started the battle with my eating disorder. It enraged me that the moment I wasn't a perfect young woman in his eyes and actually developed problems, he got someone else in my place. May was the same age as me and very petite, around 5 feet 2 and a size 6, but she was such a sweet person that I couldn't fault her. She was also very angry on my behalf. While I considered moving out in silence and blocking Luke on everything, she really wanted to go full revenge mode. I had zero objections. Luke and I's third year anniversary was coming up, and before I found out that he'd been cheating on me for a year, we were talking about how we wanted to celebrate it. He wanted a vacation, and I wanted a party with our close friends and family. Just a little brunch or dinner party. He'd insisted on the vacation, and I said I'd think about it, but with May's insistence, I decided on the dinner party at a restaurant that May's cousin worked at. We rented out a nice little restaurant for the night, and I got a pretty dress that May also got so we would twin. It was essential to our final plan. We had a list of people to attend, and at the last minute, I added May to it. It started with our family and friends entering in, and after all of the initial congratulations and presents, we were supposed to give toasts. The waiter, May's cousin, brought out the drinks, and after Luke had said some generic quote about how he was grateful for me, we kissed and drank his entire flute of champagne. When I got up for my toast, I started out the same way, subtly starting to talk about everything I went through in the past year and how useless he had been to me. His family and a few friends who didn't have an idea of what I went through were so shocked, and Luke was just uncomfortable from the stairs, begging me under his breath to stop speaking. I pretended that he didn't exist, and once I noticed that he'd started getting sweaty, I signaled the waiter who brought some water for him. His champagne had been heavily loaded with laxatives, and so was his water that he literally rushed down not tasting anything. While all this was happening, I also spoke about him cheating, and it was the most hilarious thing when May stepped in right at the end of my speech and gave him a little wave. I introduced her to the party, and when she went to wish him congratulations, I think things must have clicked for him because his face continued and he let out the loudest and most nasty smelling fart. The shock must have sent everything he had eaten for dinner right through him. And right there and then, Luke went in his expensive suit pants. I don't know if anyone actually filmed, but May and I left the restaurant almost immediately going to get dinner somewhere else. After the entire thing, Luke still had no idea that his wine and water were laced with laxatives and I never bothered to tell him. The day that I was supposed to move my things out, I called May and we trashed the entire house. From drawing on the walls to tearing his clothing with scissors, we did it all. I moved in with May while I tried to find an affordable enough place to stay, and we became the best of friends, even dating each other for a brief period of time. I can only imagine it would be pretty devastating to find yourself in a relationship like this where 
Not only is there a period where you can tell there must be something weird going on because they're not maintaining a level of intimacy, but also you can literally tell as you're getting unhealthier, they're getting more attracted. Do you guys think that in a relationship, you should be able to tell right away if something fishy seems to be going on? Like, let's say a couple weeks go by, and in those couple weeks, things seem way different. Like, they seem maybe a little bit more distant or less intimate. Do you guys think you'd be able to identify and point that out? Or do you think it could go on for a month, a year, maybe? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. That said, our final story of the day is co-worker cheated on my best friend, so I sabotaged his presentation. It's crazy how there's a lot of things, problems if you will, in this world, that are supposed to be impossible or unfathomable. But as humans, we were given the extraordinary ability to think critically and come up with answers for these impossible problems. This was how humans have been able to invent life-altering inventions like the first airplanes, phones than medicine that literally keeps death at bay. But one of the things that humans haven't been able to figure out, or maybe that's just me, is the concept of love and how people do that crap. The crazier part of all that is when people say things like, you don't choose who you love and all that. Like, really? Could you actually fall in love with a really toxic jerk? Well, I got my answer when my best friend from college started dating my coworker, but let us start at the top. I got to college when I was 18, and as a really shy, insecure, and introverted kid from Ohio, I didn't do well with Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. People, I never went to parties, never did any underage drinking. I just go to class or stay in my dorm room all day. All that changed when I met Nora. Nora was the complete opposite of my character. She was outgoing and had a good sense of humor, and till today, I don't know why we're still such good friends. We had the same lecture one day. She sat by me in one of the rows at the back of the hall. At first, I was really intimidated because, seated by my side, was one of the prettiest girls I've ever seen. Long dark hair, hazel eyes, tan skin, and an oval-shaped face. I couldn't say anything, so I just pretended to concentrate on the class. A few minutes later, she leaned over and made a spontaneous joke about the professor. Something about his supernatural ability to put people to sleep. It was so funny at the time that I burst out laughing. I remember regretting the fact that I laughed because, as I've said before, I was insecure about everything. Anyways, she kept talking throughout the class and wasn't put off by the fact that I wasn't really responding. Eventually, the class ended and she stood up to leave. Then she turned back to me. 
She introduced herself with an outstretched hand. I took it and then introduced myself too. That was supposed to be the end of it, but it wasn't. The next week, we were having the same lecture and I sat down on my favorite seat, which was the one at the back of the class. I saw her walk into the hall and she paused, looking around. When her eyes fell on me, she smiled and waved. I waved back and she walked over to take her seat by my side. I was thrilled because I really enjoyed her company last time. She talked a lot and didn't pressure me to chip in, but that day I was feeling a lot more comfortable with her. We made jokes about the professors and then talked about our lives and family. By the end of that class, we were already as thick as thieves. We exchanged contacts that day and started to hang out even out of class. She introduced me to her friends and they were all nice and cool. She convinced me to attend some parties and, well, do some underage drinking. I started to learn how to talk to people and not overthink every situation all the time. I have to confess, it was fun, and she helped me do that. A few months into our friendship, I started to notice some things about my best friend Nora. A pattern of the kind of guy she dates. She's usually drawn to huge jerks. Toxic, narcissistic, and manipulative jerks that didn't deserve her time or attention. I pointed this out to her, but she usually finds an excuse for the guy. The boyfriend she was dating at the time we became friends was a frat boy named Darren. The first time I saw him, I knew he was bad news, but I couldn't say anything because we were in our first few weeks of friendship, and I didn't want to jeopardize that. Darren cheated on her a few months later and they broke up. Apparently Darren considers Nora as his side chick and not his actual girlfriend. Nora was distraught, and I spent a lot of time trying to cheer her up. I dragged her off to go to parties, which I didn't really like by the way. Eventually she got over Darren and swore off the boys for the next few years, but she didn't stick to it. Just a few months later, during the mid-semester of our second year, she met another guy named Jake. I reminded her about the promise she made to herself, but she said she was just trying to get laid, and promised me that it was nothing serious. It became serious a few weeks later, and she officially introduced him as her boyfriend. When we got to talk later that night, she said she just wanted to see how it was going to go. Well, it didn't go well. A mere two months into their relationship, she discovered that he was also cheating on her. She ended things with him immediately, and I had to start all over again to get her to cheer up. It wasn't easy. Eventually, she decided to go back to swearing off relationships, and surprisingly, she did it. She never dated anymore in college. She focused on school and her blog. After graduation, I moved into an apartment close to where I was interning, and she decided to move in with me because she had a problem getting an apartment. Her blog was still in its early stages, so she wasn't earning a lot of money. It was fun because we got to see each other more often than ever. Our relationship never got romantic though, because I was gay. Anyways, a few weeks into my internship, some of my colleagues decided to throw a party after work, and we were encouraged to invite friends. I decided to go with Nora, so by 7 o'clock we went to the party. I introduced her to some of my co-workers and then left her alone for a minute to get some drinks. When I got back, I found her talking to one of my co-workers, let's call him Jimmy. Jimmy was without any doubt the worst guy I've ever met. Why? Well, because he was an arrogant jerk who thinks of himself as superior because of his privileged upbringing. To add to the mix, he's also racist and homophobic. One time during a worker's night out, he asked me what type of girls I like, and I told him none because I was gay. He instantly went all biblical on me, telling me crap about the wrath of God and Sodom and Gomorrah or whatever. 
Ever since that day, he makes really inappropriate jokes and remarks about me, so I decided to avoid him altogether. That was why when I saw Nora with him, I almost lost it. I pulled her away and told her to talk to anybody else. Anybody but Jimmy. But the deed was already done. She had given him her number. Over the next few days, Jimmy called her consistently. Nora tried to listen to me and didn't pick up, but he was relentless. He called every day, twice in the morning before work and twice after work. One day, she just couldn't take it anymore. She picked up the call and they spoke at length. When I got home from work, she told me about the call. She said that Jimmy was going to apologize to me the next day because he knew that I'm the reason why she didn't want to hang out with him. Then she begged me to try to patch things up with him and be open to the possibility that we might actually become great friends. Against my better judgment, I said okay, but I maintained that either way, she still shouldn't go out with him. Then truthfully the next day, he walked up to my desk and apologized profusely about his behavior in the past and begged me to give him a chance. I shrugged and said fine, but I always found an excuse not to go to the workers Friday night out Nora, on the other hand, couldn't stick to my advice. She'd been single for a little over two years at this point, and it turns out that Jimmy was a real sweet talker. I should have suspected this as he was the head of the sales department. Anyways, a few weeks later, Nora agreed to go on a date with him. When she got back, she was on cloud nine. She went on and on about how beautiful the date was and how Jimmy was such a gentleman to her. I smiled and nodded as she went on and on about how she wanted to go on a second date, but won't do it if it makes me feel uncomfortable. I didn't want to seem like such a killjoy or someone that's protecting his insecurities about relationships onto her, so I told her to make the decision herself and I would support her in whatever decision she makes. She decided to see him again the next week, and a month later they started dating and she had become happier than I'd seen her in a long time. At that point, I started to doubt my judgment of him. Maybe I was still an insecure jerk who doesn't know how to take jokes. Or maybe his sense of humor was a bit messed up, but he was a good person at heart. Anyways, I said many things to myself to construe how I saw him and did my best to be happy for my best friend. But as it turns out, I was right all along. He was a big jerk and that's all he was. Exactly six months after they started dating, he asked her to move in with him. Whoa, slow down, bruh. Nora was surprised. I was shocked. When she asked him why, he gave some half-hearted excuse about how he wanted to be closer to her and whatnot. She declined immediately, telling him it was too soon and that they should take things slower. He said okay and that he was fine with whatever decision she wanted to make. I thought that was going to be the end of it, but it wasn't. The days after his request... He started being cold to me once again. He continued with his snide remarks and I was just about done with him. When I told Nora about it, she stormed off to his place and they got into a huge fight and he said some crazy things about her cheating on him with me. Wait, hold up. Me? I'm gay. How is that even possible? Well, they didn't speak to each other for over two weeks till he apologized to me again saying he was so stressed out and paranoid. I said, sure, whatever, and we became civil to each other again. Nora still refused to move in with him, maintaining that it was still too early in their relationship to commit to that, but for the sake of compromise, she decided to move out of my apartment and get a place of her own, since her blog was already gaining traction and she was making some money. I was sad to see her go, but I understood that it was necessary for their relationship. 
But nothing changed with Jimmy. He still wasn't treating her like he used to. He stopped calling and rarely picked up her calls when she did. Eventually, she decided to go see him one weekend, and to her uttermost surprise, our boy Jimmy was cheating on her. When she called him out, he accused her yet again of also cheating on him with me. Again, I'm gay. She broke up with him that day and drove to my house in tears. We decided to stay in and watch movies. Unknown to Nora, I decided that in my mind, that day, I wasn't going to let him get away with it. That night when she slept, I took her phone and went through her gallery. Gross invasion of privacy, I know, but I didn't care at the time. I knew that Jimmy liked to sext and send, um, inappropriate photos, so I sent the ones that clearly showed his face to my laptop. Then I had to wait for a few weeks for the end of the second quarter departmental meeting. The sales department, headed by Jimmy of course, was supposed to present their ideas and target for the next quarter, and Jimmy was going to lead this presentation. I watched him stroll confidently around the office floor, boasting to everyone that this was the presentation that would get him promoted. I hoped and prayed that he'll leave the floor so I could carry on with my plan, but he didn't. Five minutes till the end of the lunch break, and just before the meeting started, I'd given up on the whole plan, but surprisingly he rushed to the toilet. I hurried to his seat with my flash drive, and I uploaded all of his inappropriate photos to the same folder as the files he wanted to present. Then I left his desk before he came back. When he did, it was time for the meeting, and he didn't double check because he had done that before. As a copywriting intern, I had to be in the conference room and take notes, so I took my place at the far end of the room behind the other interns. The CEO walked in last, and the meeting progressed. When it was time for the sales department presentation, Jimmy sauntered forward with a smug smile on his face. Then he plugged in his laptop using a remote-controlled device to change the slides. The first four slides were the actual presentation slides, but when he got to the fifth, a picture of him holding his Richard showed on the big screen. All of the employees gasped and the room went silent. I hid behind the other interns trying hard to stifle my laughter. The funny part was that Jimmy didn't turn to look at the screen on time. He just kept on talking. When one of the employees at sales signaled him to look at the board, he did, then tried to change the slide, but the next few slides were also Richard picks. Eventually, the CEO stormed out of the conference room, followed by his assistant and the other heads of the department, and the meeting came to an abrupt end. Jimmy was summoned into the CEO's office and was immediately fired for negligence. It was a sad sight seeing him clear out his desk, but I didn't feel sorry for him. Not one bit. He never reached out to me or Nora after this incident, so I guess that he didn't know who did it or how it happened. I never told Nora either. She was just starting to get over him. No need to reopen old wounds. Obviously, this dude is pretty awful, and it's pretty easy to assume that any of the apologies they made, they didn't actually mean it. But didn't OP go a little far here? I mean, the amount of invasion and privacy violations here. I don't know, did the guy deserve it? Maybe so. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy nuclear revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 